Hi listeners, you're back for DVR's second podcast and today we are talking to Callum Banfield from Banfield Equestrian. Oh, Callum, if you just want to give us a small rundown of who you are. I mainly organise events, so we do a lot of training camps and clinics. The idea of it is is to, to really make good training accessible to all levels. It started really because I wanted to train and didn't know who to train with or um, who to speak to, how to go about it and how to afford it. Um, and so I just kind of created it sort of thing and it, and it went from there. <laughs> You've done so well. Um, so what is your background? Like, are your family horsey or how did it kind of begin? Did you already have, because you've got a livery yard, haven't you? Yeah, so um, very random, really. And, I, and I, you know, when people ask me, I, I do say it's, it's just so random and it really is. Kind of originated from a summer holidays between school years and a group of friends you know, as, as teenagers hanging around in parks and things like that. Um, and, and we kind of got a bit bored of that. So we were thinking, what else can we do? And I, I just remember sitting at a bus stop outside a park thinking, OK, where do we get on a bus to? And we, we knew someone with a yard locally. So we thought, oh, we'd just go and go mess around up in the fields a bit. And, and it literally went from there. So we spent the summer up there kind of got on a few Shetlands and ponies and tanking around the field and, and things like that. Oh, and that's how you started riding? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. So was it a friend's yard or were you just in someone's yard riding their Shetlands? No, a friend's yard. Yeah, we, okay. we, we weren't that bad. <laughs> um, yeah, because most people would be quite pissed off about that. <laughs> no, no, like poo picking and rag watering and things like that in return for a ride on a pony. And, and I did them days as well. <laughs> exactly. So... We, we spent the rest of the summer up there and then obviously made a few friends with other people at the yard and stuff. And then they moved away. And so one of the friends I made who went to my school, who I kind of knew already, he said, you know, why don't you come up to our yard and, and uh, on a Saturday morning? And then I started going up there on a, on a Saturday morning and then it was one day after school and then it was a couple of days after school. And, and it literally uh, just went from there. You know, my parents would give me to, to I was, I was sharing a horse at this point and it was one day a week for 20 pounds and so they gave me the 20 pounds each week as pocket money and then I started doing sort of a bit of work in return for riding and but I knew if I had to do it seriously I had to somehow make an income from it and it and it very quickly went from there. That's amazing because yeah I think lots of us are in the same boat with kind of um, the beginning but um, actually if you don't have parents that kind of already own horses or or are in the industry but when there's people like you and being so young you just don't you don't people kind of making a success in terms of career are going to have come from that sort of background at the same time as in from sharing ponies because it's exactly the same as what I did. I remember when I moved from one town to the other um, when I was transitioning from primary school to secondary school and um, it was a new area and I literally just had to go and look on Google Maps at anywhere I could see stables and go and ask if I could help out. Luckily I found a really nice livery yard and uh, they had lots of working liveries so she let me start helping out in term, in return for rides. But there's actually so many of us that have done the same kind of route and I think it's a really nice route because it makes you really appreciate your horses when you when you get them yeah definitely and there's benefits and bad points about both sides of it and 
you know, and I'm very good at giving advice, I think, but not following advice. I just say to people, there's always going to be people better off than you and always people worse off than you. So take what you've got and, uh, and then work from that. Definitely. And I think from either end, you just can't let it be your excuse, can you? It's just um, it's just part of it. It's part of life. Yeah, exactly. If you want it bad enough and you make it happen, it will happen. That could be shortcuts around it if they're there, but you just go with what you have. Definitely. Okay, so um, how many horses do you have personally right now? I have one and I only want one. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a bit about your horse. Uh, the horse is Jordan, my first ever horse. It's, it's, again, all quite random again. The horse I was sharing at the time was going to Chilham Castle B80. This was 2016. And so it would have been my first event and then the horse got injured and, and so I had to withdraw him before I withdrew I put another random post on Facebook has anyone got a horse I could ride someone came along and basically said I'm really local you can take my horse so I went down on the Friday the horse met the owner rode the horse stayed over and then we went to chill on Saturday yeah it went quite well surprisingly yeah I mean it's the best kind of test to see if the horse is right for you I guess <laughs> exactly and so then I did a few more events on the horse for the owner because she wanted to show jumps and, and thought it'd be quite cool to see if the horse would event and we did then a few 90s and then by the next summer the owner kind of called me and said I can't keep her do you want her I couldn't afford to buy a horse especially of that quality she basically offered me a payment plan and I was paying monthly and this was where I just started my livery yard so the profits made from the livery yard was paying this, this payment plan for the horse and then a year later so 2018 she then officially became mine and then it's uh, yeah she's stuck ever since really oh that's a really nice story and I'm glad that it all worked out well for you because I mean the star delivery yard um at your age is pretty amazing so how did that actually happen well you'll, you'll notice the theme of everything is is very random the best way <laughs> so I was doing my GCSEs in 2017 so it would have been May time I was at this yard sharing the horse and then we had a, a yard meeting and they announced racehorse trainer that was that rented part of the yard was leaving and so I had a, a, a chat with a few people and said oh it'd be quite cool to have it wouldn't it and uh, and then so I went back into the meeting when everyone had left and kind of said oh, I'll, I'll take it. That's amazing. <laughs> it, it's difficult because you're meant to stay in education until you're 18 but I hadn't made any plans to go to college or anything like that and so I just basically agreed to take on a yard and uh, not the best advice but I told the school I was doing an apprenticeship <laughs> yeah I mean your own apprenticeship so exactly finishing exams about June and as soon as I finished my exams um I started the yard it was a block of eight stables and it came there was one livery already in there and then I had to yeah and obviously you're you've got the time pressure to make sure that you have it filled to pay the bills exactly which was very worrying especially being I think 16. The education system couldn't have asked you to go on a better business course though could they really? <laughs> exactly but we all had a meeting with a career advisor before we left making sure we had a plan and she was trying to make me sign up to a college and I half-heartedly agreed to it but just never did it. <laughs> yeah but I think it's so important to recognise that you know if you are an entrepreneurial person it's going to be so much more beneficial for you to go for these things and especially sometimes when you're younger when you have 
more confidence to just go for things and you feel like I've got nothing to lose and actually you can lose confidence as you get older so I think it's always important to go for it if you feel like it feels right inside if you've got that gut feeling yeah definitely and I, I mean I have been winging most of it we all do <laughs> exactly sometimes you know you take risks and sometimes they pay off and sometimes they don't but as long as you kind of learn from it and, and change things then just keep going and and working it out as you go along exactly exactly so then you moved did you move or did it grow yeah so that was um at gaston stables in epsom so i I got the yard in 2017 and then it was january 2019 so just over a year ago i was about to move to river lodge in ireland i was very excited for but kind of ended up staying through various reasons I could have gone to River Lodge and it could have been amazing but I would have kicked myself if I didn't give it one last shot here I changed sort of my business model on the yard and things like that and then gave it six months and I still wasn't very happy so I had to make a change and that's when I ended up in Gloucester and that's where you are now yes yeah 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 and are you feeling good it's been it's been interesting but again I I was just at a point of I didn't know what to do, where to go, whether to go and start again and be a working pupil and, and do it the proper way, if you like, and actually learn and, and take the pressure off too, you know, have a job and enjoy the job sort of thing, not worry about bills. But I don't think I could have gone back to that from what I was doing. And you've got used to being your own boss and everything else. Exactly. And I'm, I'm not in a rude, lazy way, but building my own reputation and business. So then I close everything down to build someone else's. Yes completely get that I, I didn't know what to do it was literally again as random as I was scrolling through th- Facebook and um, the post the advertisement of the yard so I literally contacted the estate agent and uh, came for a viewing and off I went <laughs> it's amazing it's really good though like you should be you should feel proud of yourself just for having the confidence to try it because even if you change paths in the future to look back and know that you did that is um, amazing I mean that's what I always think it's like yeah okay there's a lot of pressure and you never know what you're doing and if you're doing it right but at the same time you're always going to feel good that you gave it a shot yeah exactly so what annoys your horse most you could, you could leave a whole bale of haylage or hay in her stable it could last a month but it has to be fresh she wouldn't touch it she, she would still stand at her door waiting for new stuff coming. classic thing when they've got the hay net there from the day before and they're like there's nothing here <laughs> Yeah, it has to be fresh. What is your horse most happiest doing? Oh, she does love jumping. I mean, there, there's been many times I've been quite out of control. And, and you see the screenshots when people film you and it's, she, she's got her ears back around the school and then you turn her to a jump and her ears are pricked and she's looking and but my face doesn't look as happy as hers. <laughs> What's the funniest thing about your horse's personality? Um, so so she, she can very easily go from a competition horse to a pet dog in the way that she, she can be in an uh, arena jumping and then you bring her out and she you can lead her around the yard without anything and, and she'll she'll just follow you. Yeah, she, she's just got the best temperament. Ah, so that probably comes into the cutest thing about her as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What's the thing you love the most about her? All of that combined, really. Um, the fact that she'll do what I want 
competing, but you don't want a big awkward horse dragging you around to the field and she will literally plod out with a, a four-year-old leading her if you let them. Obviously very happy at home. <laughs> <coughs> Bit different. How is COVID-19 affecting you? Badly. <laughs> Yeah. One word. Well, I mean, it's affecting everyone badly, I think, but it's it's just a lot of pain having to cancel everything and reprogram, replan, rebook everyone. Yeah, I've just realised we haven't even talked about your the other main part of your business and um, the amazing events that you put on. So yeah, tell people a few of the people that you've worked with and uh, the kind of things that you put on. Um, so we've used Piggy French, Roz Cantor, Gemma Tattersall, Caroline Moore, Harry Mead, Ben Hobday. So all of the, the real top B riders. Anyone you fancy a lesson with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. So the, the business model now is a lot of training camps. So they'll come, the riders will come for two, three days. Then I just book the trainers and and uh, put it all together sort of thing. It's just quickly grown and quickly changed. Start of it was um, events and shows at Hipsted. And then it's kind of now gone to the training side, seeing what people want and, and kind of putting it on. Yeah, reacting to that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And is that your favourite part of the business or the most stressful? All, all of it put in one, I think. It's um, obviously comes a lot of pressure with it, but when it goes well, it's very good. When it goes bad, it's very bad. Yeah. But you just, you just ride the roller coaster. I know. I mean, you must be learning so much. Yeah. You know, everything has happened very quickly. Do you get starstruck with any riders or is that kind of gone because you are around? I think I, I'm okay now, but the funniest thing really is... Um, so the first camp I ran was with Ben Hobbit at Summerford Park. He called me, because I was dealing with everyone on calls and emails and everything, and he called me to tell me he was here. Very, like, very normal, and, and I was just trying to call it normal. And I brought a friend with me who was taking photos for everyone, um, and he was, like, a big fan of his. And so I, I still bully her to the day for this, but... She went up to him and it and it just came out like a robot unintentionally and it was she put her hand out to shake his hand and just said hi my name's Phoebe I'm nice to, nice to meet you I'm here to take the photos and uh, it it all just came out and um, and uh, yeah I still bullied her for it. <laughs> But it's, um, no, I, I've kind of got used to it. I've got, well, like now, I've, I have grown up around them and my 19th birthday the other month and I spent, shared my birthday cake with Emily King and had coffee with Mary King in the morning. and Yeah, that's amazing. I think I saw some of the social media on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's quite a cool way to spend your birthday. Yeah, definitely. And it's giving it to everyone else too. I mean, and uh, Ros Cantor was here teaching and she stayed over and, and bought her partner and the baby and everything and had a bit of a family holiday. They all had dinner with us. And then, you know, like one of the mums came up to me and said, that was the best night of my daughter's life, spending the night on the sofa with Ros. And, because you see them at events and things and, and go, oh, there's so-and-so. But it's bringing it back down to earth and they're normal people they all have dinner with us and uh and yeah just breaking that barrier sort of thing yeah that's really nice and it's something i really like about our industry anyway you'd kind of walk past a ride or an event and if you said hello they're going to say hello and you know there there is that not so much of a barrier which is really nice and especially people like you putting on events like that make it even more so yeah definitely you know everyone meets new friends out of it and things like that and it's a real social side of it yes yeah i mean i have haven't experienced loads of it yet but obviously being an, an exhibitor at events um the kind of evenings and uh everyone's kind of in the bars and things and it's all very um 
relaxed and natural and it's really nice it's a lovely environment yeah yeah very much the COVID-19 so obviously you're having to are you postponing events or have you had to cancel events postpone them um until we have a better idea of what's happening before the three-week lockdown came in I actually did postpone everything for three weeks we've got things um straight after that period so they're going to have to move too so I think so far I'm doing eight camps later dates um which is a right nightmare plus the show at hicks did which had about 250 entries yeah so it's a, a right pain really <laughs> yeah i know lots of local people are really looking forward to that i think the hicks did ones that go down so well because the one it's such an a kind of like iconic vo- venue and if you get the chance to have your little you know go at being there it's uh, really special so you get a lot of the kind of everyday riders that maybe aren't always competing that that then will come to these things as well won't they exactly and and it's almost going back to the trainer point of view it's like giving the best training possible the shows are, are putting venues that um you know you wouldn't maybe necessarily jump at and and so the yeah the whole the whole business is about making the best accessible to everyone yeah and I think you're really good at doing that like the training events and things the it means that it's accessible for a lot of people like for a lot of people it might be a really big treat of the year but it's it's amazing that these opportunities are there definitely they weren't there and that's kind of why I've tried to go in and it's been so popular and so that's where it's grown because I've had a, a lot of support from the whole industry and it's more so from what I want as a rider and an organizer because if I go somewhere to a clinic or to a camp or to anything and I don't like something I'm not going to make my riders through that and if I really like something then that might be something I offer and it you know putting it all together of the social side as I said the training thing I mean they all have home cooked meals every evening not by me yeah how do you do that who does that so we have a very good local friend Jilly Baker who has a big fan base and uh, so she's everyone dinner in the evenings and we all sit, sit around one table and really have a nice evening after a day of lessons. It's a great thing that you're bringing for the riders that can train people as well because it must be quite a fun thing for them to do and another source of income. Yeah, the pro riders are always needing to make money on as a sideline of riding and, and a lot of them teach for that. I think they enjoy it. Some, some people don't always but because we only have a small amount of people, so usually 15 people to a camp, it's really social and intimate and you build a four lessons with the same person generally and it, you build a strong relationship with them yeah which is really really nice but also um for the pro riders they're not having to organize the whole thing you know they can they can rock up you've kind of got the people there and it's organized and everything else and be really nice for them because obviously they're busy mm, yeah definitely just turn up and they work quite hard but they get a lot out of it and so do uh, you know the clients and the riders okay let's move on to your quick fire questions let's have first your earliest horse related memory um probably like i said tanking around the field on a shetland <laughs> okay um your funniest horse related memory does that one hit that as well <laughs> probably yes <laughs> your scariest horse related memory I think everyone's worst nightmare is colic and, and, you know, problems with their horse. Um, So, you know, that's never nice to see and and quite scary. Horse-related memory then, something more cheerful. No better feeling than than going through the end of a cross-country and and having a clear round and, and just you know, actually letting it sink in um, of how good that was and the adrenaline rush you get 
but no better feeling. What's your craziest ride? Can you remember anything? There's been a few out of control hacks and things. And when I first saw them, she was blind bolting and ended up jumping the school gate once. Without me on, I was already off. Well, you're already off. Not fun to watch them disappear, though, is it? <laughs> okay, your best ride. Um, my best ride was probably, the, I think there's two ends of it, of um, at an event when it's gone really well, or just sometimes out hacking, having a plod around the fields, and, and let, you know, going back to real basics and, or enjoying the hall. I'm a real advocate for that as well. I just think it's so important and it just makes us feel so good sometimes, you know, when the pressure's off. Yeah, we, we, get, we all get so caught up in, in life. Definitely. Okay, what is your proudest horse-related achievement? Um, I think with Jordan, really, the whole thing of we both did our first ever BE80 together in 2016 and then we both did our first two-star together in 2019 at the same event. So that, that was really nice. Yeah, that is amazing. What's your favourite discipline? Uh, it has to be cross-country. I feel like anyone that events is cross-country, is it not? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's all good fun. Okay, favourite event that you've put on yourself? Um, I think this has to be my first event at Hicks did. At the time, I was 15, completely out of my debt, and, uh, you know, got there on the Saturday, built a course, and stayed over the night. And then Sunday morning, I had 150 riders coming for dressage and cross-country. Wow. And um, it was very scary, and I did wake up that morning thinking, what the hell have I done? But by the end of the day, the adrenaline and the feeling I had was what? you know spark the next events yes definitely I bet it was amazing I remember the first time that I was having a stand at Hickstead and I was literally driving this van I was petrified of driving the van anyway because I don't usually drive vans and I was literally shaking going into it <laughs> and then once you've done these things and you're used to it it's just um it's nothing is it what's your favorite event to attend as riding or spectating? Spectating, unless you want to do both. Spectating, do like going to badminton on cross-country day. I'll never get bored of going to Hickstead uh, for one of their big meets. Okay, a funniest memory from an event you've put on? When everyone realised uh, I was 15 and I'm the organiser because they just saw this kid running around with a radio and then everyone was talking, oh, that's Callum, that's Callum. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. Um, when I on someone's horse and jumped it round Hickstead, I was collecting ring steward, and a friend said, jump round on my horse, and I got on, literally had a couple of jumps in the warm-up and went into the arena and did a round. And then people were talking, like, God, that guy could have dressed up a bit smarter at Hickstead. And then someone nudged her and was like, that, that's the organiser. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Okay. Have you ha ever had anything go really wrong that you've had to like hide from your guests or sort out in a minimal time? Oh, many, many. The catering van cancelled that morning and didn't turn up. So we, we kind of knew we had to provide something. One, because everyone obviously wants a drink and something to eat, but also for insurance reasons and if, you know, diabetic people and everything. So basically, I made friends with one of the photographers. Her dad lived locally to Hicksid and did a massive Tesco shop, loads of like crisps, drinks, everything. And we just laid them all out at the secretaries. <laughs> that was horrible. And then there's been a lot of events where a lot of helpers haven't turned up. So like one event, I've been like secretary, steward, cross-country starter, cross-country French judge, scorer, loads, loads of horrible stuff. And, and there's probably many others. And it's hard, isn't it? Because people are very good at seeing the negatives or things that go wrong rather than noticing how often things go right and how much someone is having to do. Yeah, it plays like behind the scenes. Volunteers go in the commentary box at months 
lasted one year and you just see some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes and it's so crazy and it yeah it's that's when there's a lot of pressure and when I don't enjoy doing it but when it goes well that's when it you know I, I enjoy it yeah best part of running events and the worst part of running events so for me that the best part is seeing everyone enjoy themselves as maybe cringy as it sounds but just for at a show for for them to good round smile and they're at the camps of everyone actually enjoying themselves making friends um, doing things they never thought they'd do and then the nicest part obviously is when they all put on Facebook at the end of their pictures with their horse and everything and you see how well how much they enjoyed it that's a big thing yeah that must be amazing and then I guess the worst part is all of the stress that you've yeah definitely the just the, the stress as a whole and probably trying to keep up with the admin I imagine that's hard okay right let's play the choose one or the other game so uh, mare or gelding mare tabletop or roll top roll top because it's quite it's, I think it's a bit easier maybe coffin or water water's always a favourite isn't it gate or wall probably a wall gates scare me a bit skinny corner or steps step tyres or log both quite nice yeah um probably a log just keep it simple show jumping dressage or cross country cross country when it goes well if you could try one would you do scurry driving or the shetland grand national i've tried both but well i've already been practicing galloping around on shetland so we'll give that a go (laughs) yep i'd really love to try scurry driving as well every time i watch it at higstead i'm just like why am i not doing this Okay, if you had to do one, would you do the Prétence Wall or the Grand National? I don't know, actually. I thought about this because I'm not, I'm not very good at jumping big, but also I'm not that into racing. So, But I'd probably say the Grand National, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, you don't feel the height as much, do you, because of the speed? Exactly. Quickfire isolation quiz. So back to kind of um, the coronavirus and being stuck inside. What are you listening to? Listen to uh, DVR Equestrian Podcast. <laughs> Love that answer. Couldn't have couldn't have done a better answer. <laughs> okay, um what about what to watch? Um for me and I would say to everyone else, watch old videos and realise the good times you had. Oh, I love that one. That's really nice, actually. Reminiscing. What would you learn? Learn to ride better, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe watch some um, tutorials and things if you haven't got your horse. Um, I mean, some people are riding and some aren't, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what different yards rules. Uh, what... Everyone has an opinion, I think, on that. Yeah, exactly. And I think you've just got to do what feels right for you, don't you? Definitely, yeah. What would you create? Create a plan that you're going to follow when this is all over. Oh, I like that one. Or maybe even um, for now, like some people are finding it helpful to do like daily, what you call it, like schedules, aren't they? What would you write? Your goals, maybe. And just actually take time to, to sit down and actually think about what's going on in your head. Yeah, definitely. I like that one. What would you eat? What are you eating? Lots of chocolate. <laughs> yeah, very important. Support. Well, I think everyone, the option is supporting the NHS and, and everyone can do their bit to, to support that. Definitely. Did you did you do the clapping yesterday? I have to admit, I didn't, but we're, we have no neighbours or anything. Yeah, too rural. Literally living in a field. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you didn't get all the horses clapping their hooves, <laughs> banging on the doors. <laughs> Actually, that's you should do one at like feed time and then um, and video that. <laughs> yeah, don't feed all the horses; they'll make enough noise. Okay, um, bye.
Are you buying anything? Buy locally. Everyone is struggling right now. Small businesses, local businesses. Think about where you're putting your money and, and use it wisely. Definitely, definitely. I've really liked seeing that um, some of our lo- local farms, we've got a great one that does free range eggs. And usually people go and pick their own eggs out of the chicken pens. And they're doing really well. And it, mm. it is really nice to see some of these hardworking people um, getting the support they kind of deserve. And hopefully that will carry on afterwards as well. Yeah, you'd like to hope so. For those, well, I say for those of you, people won't know, but we had a horrific time where our recording <laughs> stopped working and we thought we lost nearly the whole podcast for you. But um, luckily we solved that, didn't we? That was quite stressful. Yeah, that was a nightmare. Another thing of, uh, yeah, things that go on behind the scenes that people don't realise, all the work behind these things that just sound like you're having a nice chat and <laughs> actually they can go really wrong. Exactly. And uh, I also just said to Danielle how in that time we, we had a nightmare, but Boris Johnson has a bigger nightmare right now. Very, very true. Uh, Yes, we have no complaining to do. I'm really thankful for you coming on and I'm so pleased that I didn't lose all your work there. (laughs) Um, We might not be as friendly. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite nice talking to someone because it all goes on in my head sometimes. I know, definitely. I think, you know, um, actually people are kind of like, oh God, what's it going to be like to be on a podcast? And then when you're actually doing it, it's kind of like, oh, that was actually really nice to just have a nice normal chat and um, kind of be distracted a bit. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? Where can they find your information? Um, I'm mostly on Facebook, Banfield Equestrian, which is where everything really goes on. I'm trying to use Instagram, but I, I'm an old man at heart and just don't really like it. Callum Banfield on Instagram and Banfield Equestrian on Facebook. Okay, cool. So if anyone wants to ask you about events or anything, they should message you on Facebook. That's going to be the best way, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll be back to normal as quickly as possible. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for listening. And I hope you really enjoyed um, my conversation with Callum. Thanks, Callum. And I will speak to you soon. Thank you.